0: the M-Store where they're all Grizz all the time. Let's continue our 10th anniversary celebration. This is very fun. I've only been along for the ride for about half the time, so I love hearing all these origin stories. Tucker Sargent had a, a great bit to share with us last week, and now we go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in a guy that I've actually only met one time in person, but a guy that I feel like I know uh, for a really long time because he is a part of our uh, storytelling and a part of our memories here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, former Missoula Broadcasting General Manager. And a, a founding father here of of ESPN Radio here in Missoula, Dave Cowan. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for making some time in your schedule. How you doing, my man?
1: I'm doing great, Colter. Great to hear from you. And and you know, I think we probably cross paths uh, in Bozeman without even meeting years ago as well. So we we probably go back even further. But yeah, just once face to face.
0: So funny. I know I was looking through some old pictures to use uh, for our promotion on social media. And I actually found a picture of you from the Montana State Press Box with Dean Alexander, Dan Davies, and a couple other uh, former broadcasters, or I guess in, in certain cases, in Dan Davies' case, uh, current broadcasters. So we do have a lot of crossover. So start there. Start sort of with your origin story in Montana, because I know that uh, you were in Bozeman for a while. I'm, I'm sure we probably did cross paths once upon a time uh, there when I was there, because I was there for about eight years as well. But then tell us just about sort of that and then coming to Missoula and uh, starting to build up first the trail and then the rest of Missoula Broadcasting Company.
1: Yeah, you know, I had uh, my dad was from Bozeman and went to Montana State, and uh, it was a place always in the back of my mind when I was doing radio back east. And I was fortunate enough to get a job back uh, to get a the, the job in Bozeman in the early '90s. And and probably for our tale, the the most important thing and the the most truly one of the most fun things was when we uh, managed to get the Montana State uh, sports broadcasting rights away from the, the longtime rights holder. And, uh, that corresponded with, uh, I'm sorry, Missoula with the, 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 year that the, the streak was finally broken. So the year that we finally got to broadcast Bobcat football and, and give Dean Alexander a, a nice pat on the back on the way out was the year that that, uh, streak, uh, was broken and the Bobcats finally beat the Grizzlies. And, uh, so I hung out in Bozeman for a couple more years and had the chance to, uh, go to Missoula and, and start the trail, uh, which is still in, in you guys' building. And then, uh... You know i was shocked as as probably a lot of people were when i got the little facebook reminder it's been 10 years since espn signed on on the espn fm in missoula and i'm like wow 10 years ago we did that so
0: it is sort of crazy to think about i joined up in august of 2017 um, but it's definitely been um, sort of a groundbreaking venture because I think the ESPN has such an unbreakable brand name when it comes to sports and sports broadcasting. So that in itself is nothing groundbreaking. In fact, having an ESPN affiliate uh, seems pretty corollary. Yet there's been a pretty uphill battle when it comes to doing talk radio when it comes to sports in Montana. So when you first started this thing, Dave, what did you? Th- what were what some of the challenges you guys first experienced, and and what? gave you the belief that it could uh, occur and, and, and maybe be more long-lasting than a lot of uh, similar applicable uh, competitors that existed beforehand?
1: Well, I'm going to take all the credit away from myself. I mean, th- there weren't a ton of, of challenges in terms of technically of, of starting it up, and and I'm not sure if you even remember, there was a, an ESPN affiliate in Missoula. Sure. It went away maybe a year or two before. So it was just nice to get the FM on the air to where everybody could hear it, and you could finally hear it in the Bitterroot, uh, you know, on commercial radio. Um, But even I had my doubts about a a local talk show getting traction, and so I can't really claim credit for it It's something we talked about but didn't really happen until after I left. And and I give, uh, you know, the uh, folks like uh, Tucker and Ryan and Tommy and and Becky, of course, uh, a lot of credit. For believing that you could do, uh, take a little break from the national programming and, uh, do, uh, local sports talk in Montana. And you guys have proven that it's, uh, you know, it's not necessarily easy to do, but it certainly can be rewarding and successful.
0: ESPN Missoula, 10 years old this month. Thanks so much for tuning in to On Is Now ESPN Radio. Dave Cowan, former general manager at Missoula Broadcasting Company and one of the guys that, uh, First was on the ground floor We when uh, ESPN M- Missoula first started. He's on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line with us here uh, on Nuana's now. Stay tuned because just in a few minutes, we'll do our first of many wing giveaways. Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, kind enough to help us ce- celebrate our 10th anniversary by giving 10 wings every 10 minutes each Wednesday throughout the month of February. It's Wing It Wednesday, superhero style. Appreciate Brian, the king of wings, and all the people down at the Despo for being a part of our celebration. And Dave... I've heard this story many times, and as you know, this place is hilarious. All the characters that work here, you mentioned Robert Chase, and then, of course, you know our, our owner, Becky, and everybody else that's been around radio for so many years. And so it's very fun and very funny to hear the stories of everybody. But I've heard this story um, secondhand many times. But Ryan Toutel is one of my great friends and the guy who sort of brought me into the fold here uh, at ESPN Radio. But what was your impression when Ryan was first advocating and uh, in some ways that this story is told, maybe even begging you to let him get on the mic just once a week on ESPN Radio?
1: You know, I... uh... Like, a a minute ago, I I kind of pushed away the credit for getting some local talk, but I thought, Ryan, I'd like to think I recognized his talent right away. I'd I'd like to think so. Maybe he has a different view of it. Um, But uh, I thought he would would be a guy if anybody could pull it off to uh, get local talk radio going. So I'm not sure I'm thinking of the same story he was. It didn't happen (laughs) on my watch. Uh, You know, Becky and and you guys... uh, uh, that were there, made it happen. Um, but uh, I remember just getting Ryan in the building. Uh, I had to talk him up a little bit, and, uh, you know, he did some play-by-play for us and did a really good job. And, and uh, you know, I think uh, Ryan's the kind of guy, once you meet him and, and once you see what he brings to the table, uh, you know, you're, you're just like, I'm going to get out of the way and let this guy do whatever he wants.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, you guys, you mentioned doing some of the live broadcasting stuff. There's a distinct engineering challenge to that as well. And I've always found that element fascinating because I have no engineering background. I just know how to write and then know how to read whatever I wrote down on the piece of paper. So I have no technical acumen here whatsoever, but it is sort of uh, ominous and sometimes a steep learning curve when you're learning how to broadcast live events, right? So just take, take people through that. Uh, just some of the stuff you guys were doing early on in terms of calling some high school games and things like that and what, what that was like to try to actually just get on the radio machine.
1: Yeah, I mean, it can be it can be frustrating. It, you know, back long time ago, if you did a live broadcast anywhere, you had to call the phone company ahead of time back in the day, and they'd hardwire in a line if there wasn't already an existing line in the press box. And as technology got a little bit, you know, further and further, you didn't need that line. You could do it, you know, with a cell phone or with some sort of interface with your equipment and a, and a cell phone. and We would go to these places. You know, we did a lot of Loyola broadcasts uh, back uh, when we would first started. And you'd go to a place, and you'd set up all your equipment, and uh, you would turn it on and test it, and it would work. And then what would happen is in that hour after you set your equipment up, all the fans would come in, and they'd turn their cell phones on, and they'd be taking pictures and texting and everything. And you'd go to actually get your game on the air, and all of a sudden the uh, cell circuits were overloaded. I mean, I, I remember driving all the way to Fairfield for a game once, Uh, for a Loyola football game, getting there, setting everything up, and it was all working perfectly. Uh, The same thing happened in Eureka. And then once the crowd comes and everybody uses their devices, I mean, you can't get your signal through and you're kind of left with egg on your face. I think we managed to get both the, well, the the Fairfield game was eventually uh, thundered and lightninged out, but we did have a backup there, and I know we got the Eureka game on. But those things that you think you're all set, and then when it's finally ready to go, you're not there.
0: It's been so fascinating to me, too, as somebody that's starting my my media career in newspapers, to watch the way that media has evolved. And in a lot of ways, it's disheartening the way that some of the traditional medias have evolved and and sort of dissipated in their importance and or consumption uh, compared to now sort of their quote-unquote new-age peers. But one thing that I've learned and been reinforced so heavily is uh, just the power of audio, the power of the broadcast word, whether it is on live radio or on radio in general— or archive radio in the form of a podcast. Um, But I know that you've been out of this for a little while, David. What do you think of just the state of radio and sort of the way that it's evolved? Because it seems like it's the one traditional media that uh, remains pretty darn strong, pretty darn solidified in the public consciousness.
1: I think so. I mean, I, I think it's tougher if you're doing music radio these days, but I think if you have uh, something that's unique to your market that you can't get anywhere else, be it a play-by-play broadcast or a, a talk show uh, that's talking about your local team and people that you know, athletes that you know, people you go to school with or your kids or, you know, your neighbor kids, um, that's powerful, and I think that's that's always going to be a place for that. You know, some of the music radio... Uh, is a little more dicey, but uh, when you can uh, tell stories that are close to home and highlight people that uh, people know of and have heard of and like to come out to, uh, you know, Dahlberg Arena or wherever or Washington Grizzly and, and watch them play, uh, you've got a real advantage there. And then when you, you know, get talented people to tell those stories, uh, you've got a product that people are, are, are going to, you know, be uh, interested in, in uh, listening to and, and supporting and supporting the advertisers.
0: Dave Cowan joining us, former general manager here at Missoula Broadcasting Academy. It's part of our 10th anniversary here at ESPN Radio, telling you some origin stories from the 10 years that we've been on the air here on 1029 FM ESPN Missoula. And it actually was a different frequency to start, right? Dave, didn't it start at 97.5? Is that right? You are correct. Yeah, this is just from our good friend, our good mutual friend, Tommy Evans, who, by the way, he said to tell you hi. And, uh, all right. To, to, uh, but I, I got to ask you the last question about the radio thing before I want to pick your brain just about some sports stuff. Uh, do you have any good stories from here, in Missoula Bradcast? Because I feel like I know you through the stories people tell about you. So do you have any good memories here or, or anything to share with us? Yeah, I'm
1: afraid all those stories people tell you about me are probably about me losing my temper or, or colorful uh, things that I, i'd probably be embarrassed about now i mean there are there are just so many great stories um and especially it, it you know missoula broadcasting company and it, it's uh you know what came before uh missoula broadcasting whether it was mount sentinel broadcasting or the montana broadcasting company but um you know i still remember coming to missoula and we put even before espn we put three radio stations on brand new from scratch which to my knowledge had never been done before and no one's been dumb enough to do it since uh you know most of the new radio stations that came on the air were just added to existing clusters of stations or were added to the building or somebody just opened up a broom closet put a computer in there and made a new radio station but uh you know back in 2005 we put three brand new fm stations on the air from scratch Um, in a new building, in a new facility with all new equipment. And, uh, you know, that probably was one of the most fun and most memorable uh, things of of my career to uh, pull that off over the course of the summertime and, you know, sign one station on in June and one on in July and one on in August.
0: Well, let's talk some sports because we uh, had a, a front desk Uh, girl here for a couple years that was actually from Blacksburg, Virginia, and I hear that you're a Virginia Tech fan. She gifted me before she left with a book signed by frank beamer so that's very cool and one of my mementos i don't really have any sort of connection to virginia tech but i always loved uh, the Hokies growing up just because it was the sort of the height of virginia tech football with michael vick and all that when i was uh, a teenager and in high school and things like that but uh, first of all give people an update where you're at in the world and, and with where you're at how do you get your sports fixed what sort of things are are captivating dave cowan these days in the sports world
1: yeah, I'm a uh, I'm a Mariners fan, probably first and foremost. So I'm a little nervous, you know. The the whole strike thing is is you know, risking my joy. I don't want that, um, uh, because uh, the Mariners are looking to kind of turn a corner, and, and uh, should be pretty darn interesting for the foreseeable near future, as long as we're we're playing games. Um, so. I look forward to that, assuming it happens. And uh, you know, I just watched a Virginia Tech basketball game Monday uh, evening here. Uh, finally, got the ACC network on my uh, cable system after I think uh, Xfinity was like the last to add it, so I can watch all those hokey things now. And it's it's one thing I haven't lost my taste for is uh, hokey sports. It Was the first uh, first sports I ever did on the radio. The very first thing I ever did was uh, Virginia Tech baseball play-by-play back when they let the student station do it before they, uh, you know, the professionals took it away from us and, and took it over. So back in the 80s, you know, I was out there doing a very poor job of uh, Virginia Tech baseball play-by-play back when they were ranked. And uh, you made me smile with that uh, hokey reference, Coulter, for sure.
0: Got to love it. Dave Cowan, former general manager here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, part of our origin Stories series for our 10th anniversary here at ESPN Missoula. Dave, really appreciate you hopping on. Thanks so much for being here, man, and uh, be well. Hopefully hopefully our paths cross soon.
1: Thanks, Coler. Congratulations on uh, your award, and that's a team award. Everybody there deserves it, and uh, keep up the good work.
0: Thanks so much. Dave Cowan of the best in the biz, bringing it back here on ESPN Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.